Hello, this is the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson, Director of Communications at the Michigan Department of Transportation. This week, I'm trying something a little different. Some MDOT employees across the state participated in what we called uh, I Got My Shot video explaining why they decided to get a COVID-19 vaccine and why others should too. So I'm talking with three of the people who participated and listening to them talk a little bit about each of their decisions. First, I'll be speaking with Kim Henderson, supervisor of MDOT's Mapping and Graphic Arts Unit. Then I'll talk to Aaron Jenkins, a media relations representative for MDOT's university region, comprising the counties around Lansing, Ann Arbor, and Jackson. And lastly, Melissa Greif, the financial analyst for MDOT's North region, based in Gaylord. Kim, thank you for taking time to do this. Could you just talk a little bit about your reasons for wanting to share your message about getting a vaccine and why you think others should too? Sure. And um, so I've been fully vaccinated for about a month now. My first shot was back in March. My second shot was April 2nd. And the first reason why I wanted to get this done was because I wanted to protect myself and my family from COVID. I've had two uncles passed away last year from getting COVID-19. It's a horrible, horrible virus. And I just did not want to take the chance of getting sick or getting ill. I do lots of, you know, community service work. My daughter is a high school senior at East Lansing High School. So I'm constantly at the high school doing, helping with soccer, helping with marching bands. So I'm exposed to large groups of people. And so if I can do anything to help them not get that virus, that would be great. But also I wanted to set an example for the black community at large. You know, there's a distrust in government, a distrust in doctors, and Black people from the past histories of World War II and such. And so I wanted to be a a good example. I just wanted to make sure that people knew that, no, if I can get it, you can get it. And that's the best thing to do is to get it so you have a lesser chance of catching COVID-19. Well, and I think that was the compelling point that you made in the video, and I think that's why it was an appropriate ending to the the project. But um, have you heard that? I mean, from especially from older friends and relatives that still have, that's been passed on through generations because of uh, the Tuskegee experiment and other things that there is still that, that distrust of, of science and of, you know, of, of medicine overall. Absolutely. Actually, when I got my shot, I took my aunt with me because she does not believe in getting flu shots or getting vaccines for anything either. And so I made her go with me to get her shot. I took her, I literally picked her up and took her with me. And this person has diabetes. So she's already super high risk. She's 75 years old. In order for her to get her shot, I had to get my shot. So there's a big distrust still. So I've been trying to work with local churches in Lansing, um, Reverend Jones at Union Baptist Church to try to help him and other people in the community to get older people out there to get their their vaccinations. He actually held a, a vaccination clinic in April, mid-April at the church. That's great. So you can talk about those those two uncles. Were they in the Lansing area? No, they were from Detroit. I'm originally from Detroit. Um, I've been living in East Lansing since 84, but I'm from Detroit, went to Detroit public schools and everything. And so they were both Detroit. One of them, one of them was at a church gathering when they should have been gathering, but Sometimes people in the community don't listen to the governor's recommendations of not getting together because they they think they're safe because they're at church. And he caught it literally from someone else that had COVID, even though they were masked up. Small gathering, I think it was maybe 30 people at the church service. And out of that church, four people have passed away from it, including wow. him. 
Wow. And then my other uncle was elderly. He was in a nursing home and he was, but he was very elderly and very sick from other, other um, ailments. And so he passed away, but his wasn't as much COVID. He caught COVID and then that was it, but he had other ailments going on. But my other uncle who was younger, who was like in his mid seventies, he was a healthy person in shape and COVID just took him out. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to join the COVID help team with D with the Department of Human Health and Human Services when they they were looking for volunteers was because after my uncle died, I was like, oh my God, I got to do something to help. I, I can't let people keep doing, you know, just not understanding what this is, what the what the virus is about and everything. So yeah, no, and that's your your work and and volunteer work and willingness to represent the M dot on that team, you know, is great. I. I, I think it's something that you really embraced and feel, you know, you feel like uh, it's it feels satisfying. Well, well, you know, the thing about being on that team, I'll just tell you this, because we had to go through some training at John Hopkins, you know, before you could be on the team. So you can really understand how viruses work. I'm not a physician or a doctor or anything like that, but I'm telling you the background information that you receive from that, it really will push you to get vaccinated as soon as you can get it. But um, I knew that I would be calling people in inner cities. I knew I was going to be calling people in Flint, in Saginaw, Detroit, probably Benton Harbor also, Grand Rapids. And I knew the majority of those calls would be to minority people. And so I know that my voice, because I'm a black person, and you can tell I'm black from my voice, that people would be a little bit at ease speaking to me. They would ask me questions. I would be able to give them proper information and direct them accordingly to go where to go for help, as well as to, to try to talk them into getting vaccinated. Because, you know, you trust the people that you know, you, you you have more trust in people who are like you. And so I knew that I had to do that work with DHS to help push this and push people to get vac vaccinated as soon as possible, once well, they were eligible. You couldn't say that uh, too many times. I think that's, that's very true, that people want to identify with the person that's, you know, talking to them, that's asking them to do something and being able to do that makes a huge difference. So thanks again for doing that. Uh, for the for the state and for friends and relatives everywhere and for participating in our video project which i think was was really good and hopefully will have an impact i know you'll be doing more of this so i appreciate it of course that's what we do as civil service we try to serve the public to the best of our abilities and i take that seriously yeah very well said and as promised uh, our second guest participant from the got my shot video is aaron jenkins who is MDOT's media relations representative for the university region. Aaron uh, had some very sincere things to say about why he got his shot, uh, first and foremost, because he wanted to hug his grandchildren. Could you talk a little bit more about that, Aaron, and why you thought it was important to get this message out? I feel like, personally, there's a lot of responsibility for me to get the vaccine. Uh, you know, I, I really need to be a, an example for my family. Um, I find uh, from the people that I've talked to and what I've seen uh, personally uh, that there's not a lot of uh, trust among African Americans when it comes to to getting vaccines. So I want, you know, I, I, I get my vaccine as soon as I could. And, you know, when I was in the military, there were so many different vaccines that we had to go and that we had to receive, you know, from anthrax on down and I don't feel like there's any kind of uh, malintent uh, with this vaccine for for anyone. Well, that's yeah. interesting that you say that because as you probably heard and read, 
um, compliance within the military is not very high. That's very true. And that's, uh, that's today's military versus uh, yesterday's. <laughs> One of the big problems that I always, uh, and I was, I was lucky never to uh, have happen, you know, is, you know, when you tell someone to do something in the military, you need to get it done, you know, especially depending on what's going on. You know, when you need to take a hill, you don't need to have someone say, hey, uh, hey, Sarge, why? You know, it, it, it has to be done. So um, it, it is a totally in the seven years since I've been out, there's been a lot of changes. And I, I, I can see that with my son. <laughs> you know, my son has the longer hair than I've ever had in my life. And he's in the military right now. There have been a few changes. Thinking back to that time and the willingness to get various vaccines, including you specifically mentioned anthrax, was that just a different era? Were people still skeptical or was it uh, was it just oh, like everything now, just suspicion of everything? Well, there were uh, people that were hesitant, but you knew that if you did not get that vaccine, then your, your career was going to be over. It, so, yeah, again, I, I say it's a different time. And, you know, with social media and everything going right now, there is so much misinformation. It, it presents a daily battle. You know, people are getting their information from social media. They're not talking to their doctors. They're not talking to medical professionals. And, and you're always going to get a bad answer uh, going that way. You, you jumped on this right away. Uh, the people, you know, that were we're told about this project. You right away recorded something, and you, like I said, you specifically mentioned grandchildren um, and the need to be an example. Um, I guess what's what's your hope that your just you know little kind of capsule of a testimonial could do, and and you know what inspiration it could bring to others. Just like everyone else, I understand the whole historical hesitation. Everybody knows about Tuskegee. Everybody knows about Henrietta Lacks. But again, this is a different time. This is a different era. We're uh, we're trying to help America get back uh, back into business. You know, to be healthy. We've lost way too many people because of this uh, horrible, horrible uh, pandemic. We need to do what we can to just do our part, so that we're not part of the problem. That we're so we're part of the solution. You want to talk about, you know, how it's touched you personally? Everybody that I know, they've had a family member that, that have died from this. My son, uh, he uh, he's in the Navy, and I, I mentioned that earlier. He's been in for seven years now, and he he get he had COVID. Uh, he uh, luckily, you know, he's in great shape. He's in the military. Uh, it didn't affect him as bad as other people, but one of the one of the ladies that I worked with at uh, at DNR, her husband, he he got COVID, and unfortunately, he passed away uh, within ten days of getting the uh, of getting it. So, you know, it, it's out there, it's real. If you haven't experienced it yourself, well, you're lucky, and I and thank God that you haven't. But once it happens to a family member, or once it happens to you you'll understand how real it is and how serious it is and how serious we need to be to combat this uh, this pandemic. Yeah, amen. Well, thank you, Aaron. Thanks both for uh, your 
very good and honest participation in the video and for talking with us for a few minutes about this. I'm hoping that this is just another way to put a spotlight on the, the project that we produced. All right. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. So lastly, as promised, we're with Melissa Greif, who is a financial analyst for MDOT's North Region and shared a very personal story about her own experience with COVID-19 on the video. And I wanted her to expand a little bit about what she said and why she you know, participated in this project and the good that she thinks could come, about, come out of it. So thank you, Melissa. You're welcome. You wanna talk a little bit about uh, your own story? Yeah, so I had COVID back in November and I was one of those people that, you know, got to work at home and, you know, my husband did the grocery shopping, so I wasn't really going out or any of that good stuff. But unfortunately, you know, my brother-in-law and a couple of friends brought it to us in our home. So when people say, if you're worried about it or scared, don't go out. Well, I didn't go out, but I still got it. So, um, so that's my experience with it is that, you know, I was good about wearing my mask and all that good stuff, but it was when I let a family member in my house that maybe wasn't taking it as serious as me, and that's when we got it. On oh, that sorry. experience, are, are, are some of those people taking it more seriously now? Yeah, yeah. So I feel like they kind of, you know, we're taking it serious, but they were also like going out to restaurants and hanging out with more friends where we weren't doing that. So um, definitely like my brother-in-law was the type, you know, his, his turned into pneumonia and he was the one that gave it to us. And so he kind of felt like he shouldn't even deserve to go to the hospital because he wasn't taking it as serious as he should have. So, you know, obviously he eventually had to go um, because of his symptoms. But yeah, I think they're definitely believers now after the three of them experiencing it and then passing it on to us. And it does definitely spread fast. That's for sure. Yeah, this the, the whole idea behind this video and these testimonials, obviously, was to help maybe compel some folks who are still hesitant or even deniers. Um, do you find that you, you know, talking to people, not not preaching at them, but just sharing your experience, that 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 does have some breakthroughs? I think so. Um, I think there there's definitely so much information out there, and 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 people don't know what to believe, and so it's scary. And um, all I can can say is that. You know, I kind of feel like I still have antibodies in my system because we're going on six months here since I had it. So I was kind of in that, like, do I really need to get it? I'm probably still fine. Um, but I think a lot of us do want to travel or we want to go see family members that we haven't got to see in person in a while. And I think they feel more comfortable knowing that you say, like, I got my vaccine. So I think definitely I was on the edge, like, do I really need to do this? But then after having it and my symptoms weren't that bad, like you get a little tired and achy and then the next day I kind of woke up and felt like myself. That that day or two where people might not feel good after the vaccine, I can tell you personally, it's not as bad as having true COVID symptoms for two to three weeks. You know, sometimes they last longer. Yeah, I think um, me and members of my family were fortunate that we didn't really have any side effects beyond the, the sore arm, which you get, you know, from other vaccines. But uh, certainly some people have. Have you known a lot of people that had serious reactions? Um, 
most of them just feel like it, it made them really tired, you know, and, and when I had COVID, I was tired. So I just, they always said like, I can't imagine, or I imagine this is how you felt, but you felt like this for two to three weeks versus me just feeling really bad for a day and a half, you know? So I, I definitely do think most people just are tired and have a sore arm. It's like the worst of it, but yeah, mine wasn't too, too bad. It was real mild and I just, I had some crazy symptoms and that's why I said that in my video is that I, I had the symptoms and I don't really want them again. And, and I, I believe it because, um, I, so James Lake had asked me to do this video, our communication rep. And I told him a funny story is the brain fog was horrible to me. That was the worst part. And I work with numbers, you know, I can't afford to make mistakes. And uh, luckily I got mine after I made it through year end because I was super busy and my brain was just not functioning how it's worked for all these years. Uh, I was telling a story to my husband and daughter and I was trying to say the word outlawed and I looked at him and I said the sentence and when I tried to say that I kept going out loud and then I looked at him and I was like talking kind of fast so I thought okay I'll slow it down so I'm like out loud out loud you know I could not say outlawed and now I can say it but it's the strangest thing but things like that kept happening to me where my brain just was not working the way I knew it could work and so interesting so you made uh you know you feel like you've made a full recovery but that specific thing that kind of cognitive function is something that's been associated with long COVID people yeah yeah and um I lucked out that we were coming up on Christmas break and everything so, you know, now that we're working at home, I feel like you hear your computer ding, you go check it. You don't always maybe just work your normal scheduled hours. You're checking things later in the uh, evening and stuff. And um, I told my boss, I'm like, you know, I was doing two regions at the time, filling in for Bay Region, um, just got over year end, got COVID. I was like, I'm not going to check my emails on my break. I'm just, I think I need to rest and my, you know, I'm starting to feel better, but it's still kind of lingering. And once I came back from that Christmas break, I felt like I was myself again, but yeah, it, that part was hanging on just things you could do for years. I, I couldn't necessarily do them. And now I'll, that's why I joked. I was making a video to share with everyone that said I got my COVID vaccine so I could say the word outlawed because now <laughs> I can say it no problem, but I could not say it for weeks. I, every time I tried, it came out out loud. That's funny. Well, I can't thank you enough for participating in the video and for doing this. I think it's, it's important, obviously, you live in an area where there's been more hesitancy and where healthcare officials have worked really hard to try to educate people on the need to get vaccinated and the numbers still aren't where we'd like to see them. So every little bit helps. And I think your testimonial is, uh, is, is a great thing. So. Yeah, no problem. I, yeah, I mean, not everyone knows I had um, COVID, but I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, like obviously it spreads fast. I got it just at my own house, but I still, wear my mask. I still, you know, use my hand sanitizer and I work from home and I try to limit, you know, exposure when I can. But yeah, when the vaccine finally was available for my age group and all that, I definitely got signed up and I'm happy to say I received my second vaccine a week ago, Wednesday. So. Oh, I'm good for you. Glad nice. to have. Yeah. So you're pretty close to, to being fully vaccinated. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, my video just said I didn't want the symptoms again, but there's a number of things, you know, like we had a new niece born last May. She just turned one. And those are things like we couldn't hold our niece and until we felt like we weren't able to give it to somebody else or, you know, we don't want to 
I mean, obviously it's been six months. We probably still have antibodies, but that was always in the back of your mind. Like you don't want to hold someone's new child and get them sick or something like that. And uh, my father-in-law was diagnosed with cancer this year. So I still haven't got to hug him in over a year. And I finally got to go see my grandma. She's in a, a uh, assisted living care. I finally got to hug her for the first time this Saturday. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. So those, all those reasons were just piling up for why I should get my vaccine. Um, but yeah, I, I can I can speak for having COVID and the, the lingering symptoms versus the the short period of time where I felt a little tired and achy after my vaccine. It was definitely worth it to get the vaccine versus if it can help you not get through COVID and, and be sick for that amount of time. Very well said. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.